Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 145, post-production editing versus live mixing. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts to teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. One of the things that people often wonder about is this idea of either spending time in your podcast or spending money, and can you really save both I would say, no, you can't save both. And we'll get more into that, the philosophical side of this in a little bit. But a big way that this comes out in podcasting is post-production versus what I like to call live mixing. Other people might call it live to drive or live to tape or anything like that. I'm not talking about live streaming, but post-production editing would be, or I'll just call it editing, would be where you are making your recording and then you go in and start adding your things into it. Your live mixing would be where you're adding everything in together at the same time as you are recording so that you don't have to go back in in post-production editing in order to stick all of those things in. So how you do this and the decision you make on this greatly affects how much time and how much money it takes to do your podcast well, because I know all of us want a high quality podcast. Some of us want to do it cheaply. Some of us want to do it by spending very little time. Some of us want to do it with both of those, but you need to make a choice between what you're going to do. So first let's talk about editing. And this applies to either video editing or audio editing. I would call editing the time spender of this because it's quite likely that it may take you several hours to edit a 30-minute audio recording. Or if you're doing video, it could take you even longer than that. When I first started podcasting with the Audacity, with no, not the Audacity to podcast, the Ramen Noodle, that was my first podcast. I started it in 2008 and or 2007 actually and it took me so long to release such a short episode because i was doing so much post-production editing after all i was scripting my episodes so the slightest mess up in my audio and i would feel that i needed to redo that and then i had to go back and edit that so i'd have to listen to the whole thing edit the whole thing It was a huge time suck in order to do all of these things, but I felt like it produced some good quality audio. Now, the content quality, uh, yeah, I know some people will debate whether those first several episodes were that high of content quality, but certainly I think the production quality, you would say, wow, this is great production quality, maybe not so good content quality. You can check those out, by the way. You can still get to the early episodes by going to cleancomedypodcast.com slash one or two or three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those are the first nine episodes that took me two years to get out there. And you can go back and listen to them if you'd like. But what people would normally, or there are usually about three reasons that people would edit their audio or video. Most things fall into one of these three reasons. Number one, to enhance the quality, this would be like noise removal, equalization, or um, we call it EQ, or compression, color correction, 
white balance, anything like that. Number two, to fix mistakes, deleting portions, deleting words, ums, slips, slip ups, bad transitions, moving things around. There are quite often times where, and this happened just last night when I recorded our Once Upon a Time podcast, I forgot to say something in the podcast about the podcast awards, which I'll tell you more about those in a little bit. And so I recorded that afterward and then put that in about where I wanted it to be inside the episode. So that was fixing a mistake. And then number three, mixing in extras like your intro and outro, any kind of background audio, sound clips, video clips, B-roll footage, pictures, illustrations, lower thirds, segues, anything like that, those extras. Those three things are usually what people want to do when they're editing their audio and video, enhance the quality, fix mistakes, or mix in extras. And each of these do improve the overall presentation of your podcast. And you could really say that some of these are often necessary for your podcast. But doing all of these things after you record adds a lot of time between when you have presented your content and when you can publish your content because you're spending so much time on all of this editing process. But this may be what you like to do. Maybe you really enjoy the editing or maybe you don't have money to spend on live mixing options and so the editing is affordable for you and you can still release something that's high quality. It just takes you a long time. That's your decision, certainly. The pros and cons of this, though, are something to consider. Some pros here are, number one, it is cheap, or it's even free to do it this way. Like, you can use free audio editing software like Audacity or free video editing software. Many computers come with it nowadays. You can find some free video editing software online, too. It's because so many people want to do stuff for free, and this is pro number two, it's often easy to find help because so many other people are using these free tools, because they also want to do this kind of thing for free. Number three, it gives you total control over every detail. If you want to change your intro by a second in how it overlaps your intro audio, your background music or anything, you have total control over that because if you are fully editing your production, then you put that audio in and the intro afterwards so you can move it around however you want. You do have total control over so much or every detail because you're editing nearly every detail. Some of the cons to this are, number one, it takes a lot of time. And number two, it takes a lot of knowledge and learning, which also ties back into a lot of time. When you're doing things for cheap or free, it, it will take a lot of time in figuring out how to do it with the tools that you have. Could you screw in a screw with a hammer? Yeah, actually you can. It's just really difficult to do and will take you a lot of time to do it. Could you nail in, hammer in a nail with a screwdriver? Sure, you can. It just takes a lot of time to do it because the tool isn't designed for that purpose. So when you're using a particular tool that may be free or really cheap, it may take you a lot of time to do something because that tool just isn't designed to do that particular thing you want to do in the way that would be the most optimal to do it. This is one of the reasons why I decided to switch from using Audacity to using Adobe Audition in my personal audio editing workflow because I found that for my own audio, audio editing workflow, 
Adobe Audition, and that's a lot of A words, makes things a lot smoother for me and saves me time based on what I do to my audio. That's not going to be the case for everyone else and certainly isn't the case for everyone. And I already own Adobe Audition. So that's why I decided I should go ahead and start using this instead of just letting it sit around collecting virtual dust. But also working with these free tools does take a lot of knowledge and learning. You can, and I've shown this before, and it was crazy to try and explain in the audio podcast, but when I talked about live streaming, I made a chart of how you could connect all of these things together, working with super cheap equipment in order to live stream sounds and all of this stuff. You could patch all these things together. The quality ends up dropping down, and you have to learn a lot about what's going where and knowing all of these things in order to effectively use the free tools but you can do it. So these pros and cons are for you to decide which is the best way to go for you, whether you have the money to invest or if you have the time to invest. Either way, you've got to spend something, time or money. So that's with editing or post-production with your podcast, whether it's video or audio. And by the way, if you've got extra pros and cons to add to this, please comment on the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash one four five. Now let's talk about live mixing, or as many people often refer to it, live to drive or live to tape. This is where you are mixing everything together while you're recording it. So you play your sound effect into the recording. You have your co-host at the same time recording in to your recording. Everything is going into your drive or into your recorder of some sort and being mixed together then. So your your workflow could be drastically simplified by this because you don't need to go in and add sound effects. You don't need to go in and process audio if you are feeding processed audio into the recording anyway to begin with. But all of these simplica- simplifications come at a much higher cost because all of these tools that make your audio or your video better cost more. And you will always have the ceiling that you'll run into that with post-production, you can improve quality a little bit, but you can never make post-production with low quality stuff be the same level as high quality stuff, even without the post-production. So a cheap microphone, super, super cheap microphone, like your built-in microphone of your computer, can never sound as good as an Electro Voice RE320 or RE20 or Heil PR40. You can make an internal microphone sound a little better, sure, but it'll never be as good as the better things. So it comes back to garbage in, garbage out. If you're working with garbage, you can make garbage a little bit prettier, but it's still garbage. If you're working with high quality, then you may not need to do anything to it because it's already high quality. So that's the concept behind live mixing is working with high quality and mixing it together in real time into your recording, not necessarily live streaming. Although what's great about this is that if you have this live mixing workflow down, it's very easy to live stream it to the internet so people can watch or listen while you're recording and they get a very high quality experience. But that's not required at all. That could just be an extra potential benefit or feature to this. There are really four main areas that you may want to consider spending money in 
your podcast in order to save time in your production. Your core quality, which would be your microphones or your video cameras, your abilities with what you can do in your recordings, such as your mixers, extra devices, external recorders, and other accessories. There are also enhancements, such as audio processors, video processors, lighting, your studio setup, etc., etc., etc. And then there is production. This would be your audio and video editors, your software that you're using, and maybe WordPress plugins or other tools or subscription services that you're subscribed to that help you produce or publish your finished product or your podcast episode. And investing into each of these areas, or even just picking one of these areas and investing to them from the top down, that's number one, core quality, two, abilities, three, enhancements, and four, production. Investing in these will save you time down the road fixing other things. And I'll break these out a little bit more in just a moment, but the pros and cons of live mixing. First, the pros. You get fast production. You could realistically start your recording, record your podcast, press stop, and upload right from there. You could, it could, realistically, it could be that simple. Now that depends on what equipment you're using and what workflow your workflow is and what quality you expect and production assets and all of this, but it is entirely possible to do it that way. And many podcasters do. They will record they stop, maybe they convert their file because an HD camera will record in HD video quality. So you might want to drop that down to standard definition for a video podcast. Or like my portable digital audio recorder records in WAVE. So I do still need to convert it to MP3. But still, that's one or two steps on top of recording. So you could have this super fast production. Number two pro is high quality from the start. If you invest in quality equipment, especially that core quality equipment, if you're doing audio and video, uh, well, audio is always important, really. So microphones, I would say top importance to even if you're doing video, your microphones are more important than your video cameras. But you're, you're getting high quality content from your equipment a high definition video recorder or a very nice microphone that's giving you this high quality from the start you don't have to fix it then later you've got high quality in you get high quality out number three a smooth flow and this does come with practice yes i know that many of us will struggle with stumbling over words or saying um or uh too often, verbal pauses, anything like that. Sure, there is that issue to consider, but that kind of also comes back to garbage in, garbage out. And I'm not saying that you are presenting garbage, but you might not be presenting as well as you could be. But if you choose to pursue a live mixing workflow, this really forces you to develop a smoother flow and practice presenting without so many ums and uhs and pauses and all of this stuff. But it will allow you to present more confidently and overcome some of these things if you don't always realize you have this crutch of, oh, I'll just fix that afterward. There are many times where 
I start to say a word, and this, I don't know if this is a brain issue or ADD or whatever, anything with me, I I have no idea, and I'm not going to blame it on any particular thing, but I will often start saying a word that I didn't intend to use that word in the sentence that I wanted to share. But what I often do is instead of cutting myself off and correcting that word, I will incorporate that word into a new sentence to present my information a little bit differently. Sometimes this results uh, badly because I will say something and it just didn't make as much sense as if I just corrected myself and said it a different way. Uh, Sometimes, though, it just makes it flow a lot more smoothly Realize my realizing I'm not going to come back and fix this because I'm trying to focus on a smooth flow. There are two ways that you can look at this. One is look at a musician, a public performer. And the second is look at a personal conversation. A public performer is best when if they make a mistake, they just keep on going and let it flow. Many people may not even notice that there was a mistake there. I have a music background, and I've played uh, publicly uh, piano many times before, and that was something that I learned from my piano teachers. They said, if you make a mistake, don't stop, don't shake your head, don't sigh, don't try to correct the mistake, don't do anything like that. Just keep going as best as you can. Just keep going and people may not even realize that you just made a mistake. Or if they, if you did, they'll be more distracted by the fact that you kept going. I mean, distracted in a good way. They'll be distracted from the mistake by the fact that you just kept going and it sounds good now and you've moved on past that mistake. So that's the performer perspective that you can look at. But then the personal conversation, and this is something I've learned a lot more since being married, is... In the personal conversation, it's best to go back and correct those things, correct those mistakes that I make when I'm communicating with my wife or with someone and I use the wrong word instead of just glossing over it and assuming, no, they'll figure out what I meant or anything like that. I do have to go back and correct myself and say, I'm sorry, I meant this or I meant to say this, not this particular word or whatever it might be there. So two different perspectives of that, but both of them can come into play while you're podcasting that you can learn to present very smoothly and not little let little things completely throw you off your track like I just stumbled over letting little things earlier. But at the same time, making sure that you are presenting as clearly as you can and if you need to correct yourself, it's okay. Go ahead and make that correction, but as smoothly as you can. And that means that people still get a very personal experience from you and you won't sound stupid when people meet you in person and they discover that you say um every other word and you're not stupid but that's an exaggeration but when you then build your skill more which live mixing forces you to do then you get a much smoother flow so that was a long description of pro number three for live mixing number four When you are live mixing, you can pretty much set it up and forget it. Configure your mixer, your equipment, set it up the way that you want it to be, and you may never have to touch it again. This is what's great in 
setting up a podcast. And the reason why I offer certain services to people who want to launch their podcast is I've got resources out there that explain how you can set up certain things. And I'm willing to teach you how to set up certain things. But do you really need to know how to build a house in order to live in the house? No, you don't need to know how. You may want to know how, but you may not need to know how. So that's why when I consult with new or existing podcasters, I offer to them that I can set this up for you so you never have to worry about this. And then once it's set up, you're good to go. We can set up some ongoing coaching, anything like that. So I am offering some new coaching programs. If you're interested in it, email me with coaching in the subject line. It's where I spend a lot of time with you up front. And then over the next three or six months, I'm available for more uh, hand-holding or support as you're progressing. If you're interested in that, please email me, feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com. But with live mixing setup, you can pretty much set it up and forget it. Like my compressor limiter gate that I have, which is a Behringer MDX 4600, it's very complicated. Once I figured out how to set it up, I have barely touched these knobs ever since then. In fact, my, my knobs on here are getting dusty because I'm never turning them. Very similar with my mixer. Once I found the right settings for my mixer, I set it up and I've barely touched the thing since then. It can be the same way with you if you're set up for this live mixing workflow. You get your equipment going, you're good to go. You don't have to mess with this every single time. With software, yes, you sometimes get this and sometimes you don't because you might change the software, certain environments change and such. So some of the, well, I'll review the con, the pros. The pros to live mixing are fast production, high quality from the start, smooth flow, and set up and forget. Some of the cons are live mixing can be expensive or is expensive, depending on your perspective on what's too expensive for you and what you want to do with your podcast as well. The more you want to do, the more expensive this is, but then the easier it is once you make that investment. Number two, takes more time to set up in the first place because you've got all this equipment and things to set up, connect together, make sure that you get the right settings. It takes that investment of time in the first place. And I I would say that the short-term investment of a lot of time really pays out in the long term as opposed to consistently needing lots of time in the long term. And third con is you potentially lose some flexibility, depending on how you are set up to record. For example, if I have four guests in the studio, and we each have our own microphones, and they're plugged into a mixer, and that mixer is recording out to either my computer or a personal digital audio recorder or something, but it's recording in stereo, stereo gives me at most two channels to work with, left and right. If I decide I don't really want to put some people in my left ear and some people in my right ear, but I have them all just centered, then all four of those voices are being recorded into the same track. So if Bob talks over Jim, I can't cut out Bob's conversation where he talked over Jim. So if you get the kind of crosstalk there, you don't have the flexibility to edit it as as much. 
But that depends on what equipment you use. If you use something that lets you record in four channels, or maybe you have a mixer that lets you send the output to your computer through USB 2 or your Firewire or something like that, where it can record in many channels and every channel on your mixer is a separate channel in your recording, that gives you a lot of flexibility, but it's very expensive. I mean, we're talking seven or $800 starting points for some of those mixers. And even if you just add a four-channel or six-channel external recorder, you still get that higher expense. But you can potentially lose some of this flexibility. This also comes into play with if you are doing your intro and outro music into the same recording track. I know that several people who live mix are typically recording into just a stereo track, so their voice is going in with their music. So if they mess up their intro or their outro while they're talking, then they either have to stop the music and redo it or just leave that serious flaw in there. It could be that they run out of time or they've used up too much time and ran out of music, whatever the case might be. You've heard this happen before. I'm sure you have. With the Audacity podcast, what I do is I record into a Zoom H4n in four channels So my voice is on one stereo channel and the music is on another stereo channel. So if I mess up while my intro and outro are going, and if you watch the live shows that I do or listen to the live shows that I do on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern time at theaudacitypodcast.com slash live, then you would get to be witness to these certain problems that happen. It might be that I timed things poorly. It could be that I just stumbled over some words and forgot what I was going to say. So the music kept playing for a couple seconds. Well, you don't hear that when you have listened to the downloaded version, because I fixed that very easily because I recorded in a more expensive way, but it gives me more flexibility. So most of you though, when you're considering the live mixing workflow, depending on how much you invest, it may mean potentially losing some flexibility. So those cons are can be expensive, takes more time to set up in the first place, and potentially loses some flexibility. What pros and cons would you add to this list for live mixing your audio or video together? Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 145 to let me know what you would add or take away to either of these lists of the pros and cons of editing versus live mixing. But now let's apply this. We've looked at this from the big picture. Let's get down to some of the details. Can you afford the time or can you afford the money? Let's consider a few common situations that you may face. First, your audio or your video quality. You could record with cheap equipment like a cheap microphone or a cheap camera and then spend time enhancing everything so that it looks better and it sounds better. But then you're spending that time and you have that ceiling where you really can't get the quality up to where you want it to be because garbage in, garbage out, you can just make garbage look or sound a little bit nicer. Or you could invest in high quality equipment and get a great recording right from the source and you may not have to do any kind of enhancing afterward because it already sounds or looks great because you hit it right from the start. So you've saved time at the cost of money. Consider your abilities with what you want to do in your podcast, like have multiple co-hosts, have call-ins, live stream it. Do you want to play sound effects into your recording, anything like that? 
let's consider that you could use a cheap USB headset for recording. Now that goes back to high quality, low quality and such, but you could use a USB headset. And when you want to have a guest or a regular co-host on your podcast, then you've got some complications because you need to either scramble around patching cables together and maybe using certain software tools that may or may not be as reliable or maybe you do something where they record their end of the conversation you record your end and then you piece it together in post-production so this is spending more time there yeah you could do all of that or you could invest in a mixer and simply plug in all of these things together in order to make your process a whole lot simpler if you want to learn more about why you should get a mixer for podcasting, check out episode 124 at com slash 124 to learn more about that. Look at it, this from the video side of things. If you have just one video camera, whether it's expensive or cheap, you could fake a multi-camera shot where you have one shot on you, one shot on your co-host, one shot on a product, one shot on both of you together. You could fake that with a single camera. The way you would do it is either you would need to pause by your recording, reposition the camera, zoom in, zoom out on the thing and do that. And then you're breaking your workflow seriously and that creates a nightmare for editing. Or what you could do is just record one camera angle, zoomed out, and then when you want to pretend you have this multi-camera angle, you could zoom in in your video software to the particular spot you want, zoom and pan, but then you're reducing the audio quality because when, or the video quality, because whenever you zoom, you are blowing up pixels. And that depends on how big the video is that you're pushing out there as well. But that can work to enhance your abilities in your podcast, or you could invest in a separate camera and a video switcher, either a hardware device or maybe some software to be able to switch cameras back and forth when you want them and you never have to break your flow. This is the way that studios do it, TV studios, news studios and such. They have a bunch of cameras and they're switching back and forth between them instead of moving the camera around each time. So that way they've, they've made that huge expense and investment up front and their post-production afterward has, is seriously reduced. I worked with a company once who was live mixing their videos that they were going to turn into digital products or DVDs to sell later. And they had multiple cameras and they were doing the mixing while they were recording. They were also live streaming this. So that made for an awesome live stream production that they were doing this live mixing too. But their main goal was to live mix it while it was being recorded instead of post-production and they turned out those products much faster than if they'd just recorded everything and pieced it together later. You could also record into a computer and then you have those risks of maybe losing a recording if the power goes out or if your computer crashes or something is corrupted. You might have some kind of noisy connection on your computer. I just discovered recently a little, I'm not sure if I've always had this problem. I remember maybe hearing it before, but it seemed to come and go at certain times. But I use a USB device that's both an input and an output on my computer for my audio streaming. It's a Behringer U-Control. 
And I just recently discovered that if I use the device for both input and output on my computer, it is sending a little bit of static or a little bit of electronic interference noise. It's a high-pitched kind of noise back into the recording. Very, very quiet. You may be able to hear this on some of the older episodes just a few episodes ago of the Audacity podcast. I didn't really know about that until just recently when I bought new headphones. I'm currently using Sony MDR7506 headphones. I may change that up a little bit, but that's when I discovered that, oh, this is making it into the recording a little bit. I can hear this a little bit. But my point is, you could record into your computer. And yes, this does present certain risks. And I would say nowadays, those risks are very, very low. But it is still a risk. And you do have more risks recording into a computer than an external audio recorder. But an external audio recorder has the same risks. And I've had those fail on me too. Like I didn't press save properly on the recorder or the batteries died when I didn't realize it wasn't plugged into external power. That kind of stuff happens too. It's just one has a few more risks than the other, but that doesn't mean that one is bad and you should avoid it. But so you have those risks and If something goes wrong, then you have to try and fix that and repair it. Or you could invest in an external audio recorder and then you seriously reduce those risks and in many ways even have a backup. Like I mentioned recently, the power went out while we were recording a podcast episode. And if I was recording into the computer, then it's very possible that it could have lost the recording if I wasn't recording into a battery-powered laptop computer. It could have lost that recording, but I was recording into an external recorder that also has batteries in it, charged. I'm thankful for that. So I, when the power went out, I could just press stop and I knew that my recording was safe. I didn't have to save anything on my computer or worry about anything like that. It was safe. I was good. If you want to learn more about the advantages of an external audio recorder, check out the audacity to podcast.com slash 99 and you can check that out. So those are some of the abilities that come down to your time versus your money and which you want to invest, which you're able to invest in order to improve the quality of your podcast. Next are the enhancements in your podcast. The the extra things or the ways that you want to enhance your audio or your video make it a little bit better in ways. Look at it look at some of these practical things. You could try to record at just the right time of the day and just the right weather outside and get some great high quality lighting that way. Or if that doesn't work out, you could spend extra time trying to enhance your lighting, fix your colors with some software on your computer if you're recording a video podcast. Or if you have invested in some quality lighting in the first place, then the weather makes absolutely no difference and you can get a much nicer picture from the start. When I do my videos, if you watch most of them, like over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash YouTube or slash iTunes video, you'll see the angle that I shoot at has a nice backdrop with my computer and my mixer, audio equipment and such. But I also do it at that angle because I discovered something really cool. There is a window 
if you watch those videos, there's a window to the slight left that if it's sunny outside, I get some nice good sunlight coming in through that window. And then I have some daylight calibrated CFL light bulbs that I put on the right side of that. So what ends up happening is I'm getting sunlight from the right and sunlight from the left, and it ends up looking great. But because I haven't been able to afford extra lighting yet, I still have to record only on good weather days and or or try and fix it in post-production editing. You could also look at the audio that you are recording. You could try and record in just any particular room. And if you have background noise or reverb or anything like that, then you'll need to spend some time fixing that in your recording with enhancements, noise filters, noise reduction, anything like that. Or if you get a good room for this, maybe set up the room in a way that works well, invest in some higher quality equipment so that you can get a higher quality recording from the start, maybe even just putting up some padding or bookshelves or something like that in the room around you, that kind of investment of money, then your recording quality will be much better. I'm amazed at what I've been discovering about my recordings now that I'm using better headphones, and it's got me thinking, what can I do to make this room that I record in better for my audio, especially when I'm doing multiple hosts and I'm live streaming because my computer gets a lot louder, there are more microphones to be concerned with, there are more people talking in different directions, so I'm going to start hanging up some padding in my room which is really just the lower level of my house, but I call it my studio. And all of us, you know, your studio could be your basement or your garage or your closet. That's okay. Call it your studio. You'll feel better about it. So I'm looking at putting up padding around here, making that little investment in order to improve my audio quality. You could also think about if you're doing video, you could point your camera just anywhere that works for you and you end up with either a disgusting backdrop to your video, or maybe you have to spend some time and fancy software in order to put in a virtual backdrop for your video. Or you could set up a nice-looking studio area that has a great background, or maybe even invest in a green screen, and then you can put in whatever kind of virtual background that you want. Again, is do you want to invest with your time? Or do you want to invest with your money? It's really up to you. One is not necessarily better than the other because money might be in short supply or time might be short in short supply. <laughs> I think for a lot of us, it's really easily both, but we still need to decide which one do we want to invest in. Also think about when you are recording audio and having to edit your audio afterward and you use equalization or compression You can run these things on your audio and you can get some good results, but these are extra steps to the process and you often want to double check things, make sure it did it the right way. Certain things may cause some problems. Or you could invest in a compressor limiter gate like the Behringer MDX 4600 and you could prevent the microphone crossing. If you have multiple microphones in the room, you could record at consistent volume levels. You could also eliminate the audio clipping, which is where you get too loud for the microphone and then the audio gets distorted. So if you throw some money at this stuff, 
you can get higher quality from the start and save time afterward trying to improve the quality. This works on the production as well. You could struggle with free or cheap software to try to edit your audio or video in the way that you want and making it do what you want it to do. Or you could invest in better software that does more for you or makes your process simpler. That's the only reason why I'd ever say to invest in audio or video editing software is if it simplifies your process because it won't improve your quality. It just makes things easier or faster for you. You could also look at your WordPress website and you see that uh, I've talked about this before. Using the Contact Form 7 plugin for WordPress can be great for making a simple contact form. And one of my clients once needed a, a job application, online job application, and it's possible to do with Contact Form 7. But oh my goodness, was it hard. I started going through this and boy, it was taking me so long. It was so difficult to do. It was entirely possible, but it was looking, I was already at two or three hours I'd been working on this and was still only about halfway finished. And I realized this is not scalable. There's no way someone else could come in and change this. This is not working. And that's when I found Gravity Forms, which you can check out at theaudacitypodcast.com slash gravityforms, F-O-R-M-S. That's my affiliate link to them. And it's a premium WordPress plugin that makes form creation a whole lot easier. Just drag and drop, type in a little bit here and there, and I've got a form. I was able to make the job application form in, I think, 45 minutes to an hour completely remake it and finish it when it took me several hours just to get partway through it before. So that little investment of money, or it could be a big investment depending on where you are financially, but that investment of money saved me so much time. And there are many WordPress plugins like this or other tools like this where you could do it without this actual tool You could do it with a free tool. You could spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to do it in these other ways or hack these separate tools together in order to make them do what you want them to do. Or you could invest in a WordPress plugin or this particular tool that makes it better and easier for you. It's really your choice. Do you have the money to spend or do you have the time to spend? Now comes the philosophical side of this. You've probably heard something similar to this. You can have it cheap, you can have it quick, you can have it high quality. Pick two. The same thing applies to podcasting. We really need to be reasonable with this because I know we all want podcasting to be cheap, we want it to be quick and easy, and we want it to be high quality. But the reality is that's impossible. We can't make a high quality podcast quickly and for little money, you have to choose which is the most important, which are you able to do. And I know we're not all at the same place. Someone the other day said something to me like, aren't you rolling in the podcasting dough right now? (laughs) No, no, I'm not. So I often make these decisions too of, well, can I really do this to the quality that I want to do? Or do I have to sacrifice some of that quality in order for this to be affordable? 
So in general, with my audio podcast workflow, I've chosen to make things as quick and high quality as I can, because this is part of my business. It's no longer my hobby. So I can't just waste hours on this. When I waste hours, I am wasting dollars because of I need to pursue other things with businesses, website design, consulting clients and such. So if I'm wasting time, I'm losing money. So it was very important to me to have this high quality and quick. So I knew that meant a higher investment from the beginning. So that's why I have nicer microphones, a a big mixer, uh, an MDX 4600 compressor limiter gate and many of these other things because they make my job so much easier. But it took a while to save up for them. And now that I have them, I'm so glad I do. My digital camera, the Canon T4i, expensive purchase. I think it was around $1,000, but I'm really glad I got it. And I've been able to do some awesome things with it. Before, my best camera before was on my iPad. Yeah, I, I had to be that person who took pictures with their iPad. I didn't have an iPhone back then. Now, if I didn't have my digital camera, my iPhone would be my best camera, but still, it's not nearly as good as my digital SLR camera. So it took that investment. But when I first started podcasting, my perspective was to do things cheap, but high quality. So that's why it would take me hours and hours and hours to release a single episode because I was working so hard to improve the quality, to edit things so they sounded great, to make my cheap microphone sound better. And it took me a long time to get all of that. But I think I accomplished that in some ways and certain other things, yes, suffered. And I will admit, even today, sometimes I reach for what's cheap and quick and easy and let the quality suffer a little bit. That's a decision I don't like making, but sometimes that does happen and I do struggle with that too because I want that quick and cheap thing, that solution, get it out there, simple, done, I'm finished. But the quality, meh, might not be there. So where are you with this process, with this thinking? When you look at this, quick and easy, cheap or quality, what two of these, quick and easy being one together, what two of these can you choose and are you implementing in your podcast? Have you ever considered changing one of them? I really don't recommend sacrificing the quality. There can be certain cases for this, sure, but make quality the thing that you're not as willing to sacrifice and instead either sacrifice the time or sacrifice the money it will take. But always make that quality of both your content and your presentation of the content that that would be how you present it as well as how you record it and that quality. Make that foremost in your mind of priorities. But what have you chosen? What have you chosen? That was a mental typo. What have you chosen to invest in for your podcasting workflow? Or where have you chosen to take shortcuts in your podcasting workflow. I'd love to hear from you. So please comment on the show notes to let me know what you thought about this topic. Add any pros or cons to some of this uh, live mixing versus post-production editing and share your thoughts on this content by going to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 145. And you can comment there on the show notes and let me know and the other community know what you thought of this content. 
Also, please send me your questions and suggestions for future episodes of the Audacity to Podcast by emailing feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 or go to theaudacitytopodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and record a voice message right from the website. A couple really cool things coming up and very important things coming up. First, podcast awards are open for nominations October 1st through 15th. We have several podcasts that we would be honored if you would nominate us in the awards. And then the daily voting starts in November. But the podcast awards are at podcastawards.com. And I will set up a page with a video that describes more about how you can nominate us and which podcasts go in which categories. And it'll be very easy to just copy and paste from the page uh, with its URLs and everything to there. But that's that would be theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcast awards. But the most important things, and we've got a whole bunch of things, but the most important nominations that I'd like to see would be for People's Choice Put Beyond the To-Do List for Best Produced Once-Once-Upon-A-Time Podcast. And then Beyond the To-Do List could also go under, should also go under Business and once podcast also go under entertainment, and then we've got the ramen noodle for comedy, this show, the audacity to podcast for technology, and also some shows for education and uh, uh, Christian or religion inspiration. So check that out at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcast awards for more information about how you can support us by nominating. You can only submit your nominations once. So pull together all of your nominations to submit them together, and I will have a video soon at that same address, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcast awards. Last announcement, New Media Expo. I'm really looking forward to New Media Expo in Las Vegas in January 2014, and I'm also excited to be presenting again at New Media Expo. We'll have a panel discussion about growing your podcast audience from hundreds to thousands. I'll be podcasting, or I'll be talking with Ray Ortega from Podcaster Studio and Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting. And you can sign up for New Media Expo at theaudacitypodcast.com slash NMX and use the promo code DANIEL20, that's DANIEL20, to save 20% off any ticket that you purchase through the audacitypodcast.com slash NMX. I'm really looking forward to that. And by the way, speaking of Ray and Dave, we are really having a blast with Podcasters Roundtable. Please check it out. We've gotten some great episodes out there that I've just been thrilled to be parts of these fabulous conversations at podcastersroundtable.com. And we're also looking forward to having a more consistent publishing schedule in the future. Like fairly recently, we've talked about modifying your past podcast episodes. Is that right or is it wrong? And we had Steve Stewart and Kelly Mitchell as guests on there. We've also talked about is podcasting really back or did it even go anywhere? Podcast media hosting and more. We've also got an episode coming out very soon about should you be podcasting? And it's got Lisa B. Marshall from the Public Speaker Podcast. That's a member of Quick and Dirty Tips. A great conversation, and we've got much more coming. So please go to podcastersroundtable.com and subscribe. So that was really the last announcement there. I'd love to hear from you. Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 145. 
and let me know what you thought of this content and what your decisions are that you've made in podcasting. And I'm available for one-on-one consulting to help you launch or improve your podcast. Just go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash consulting and send me your questions and feedback for future episodes. Again, that's feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. And you can also send a voice message through the website, theaudacitypodcast.com. And that's courtesy of SpeakPipe, for which I now have an affiliate link, theaudacitypodcast.com slash, can you guess it? SpeakPipe. Yeah, that's right. Please also follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle, where I tweet about podcasting, web design, and lots of cool things. And check out our other podcasts as part of Noodle Mix Network. We've got something new possibly coming in. I'm really excited about as well. I'm always excited about stuff you're probably thinking. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Once Upon a Time is back, so now you can start theorizing about Once Upon a Time or join our new podcast coming out soon, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. We also have a podcast about Under the Dome, which just finished its finale. Also, there is Beyond the To-Do List, Clean Comedy Podcast, Christian Worldview, Christian Movie Reviews, and more to come. We've also got some science fiction, philosophy, cool things going on. Check it all out at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcast.com. And we're planning to cover CES again next year. So we're ramping up the planning for that. Check that out at techpodcast.com and there will be an opportunity for you to get your podcast in front of hundreds of thousands of viewers if you will help sponsor tech podcast coverage and it really doesn't cost that much. Find out more about that at tpn.tv when it's available and check out the podcasts at techpodcast.com.